Hey, Cameron, don't stop. Don't stop what, Jake? Well, did, did you see what I did there? Nope. Well, each of the words that I just said started with a D and an S. Do you know why? Uh, D-S. Oh, are we talking about that today? Oh, well, gee, I think we must have to now that you've mentioned it. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Region Unlocked. My name's Cameron. And I'm Jake. Hey, Jake, how's it going? Hey, it's going great, Cameron. Uh, I'm ready to do some talking about video games and memories that we typically tend to do, I suppose, on this podcast. Yeah, that is true. That is what we do. Uh, before we start, I want to just give an apology. Before I, I don't know how this episode's going to go. But uh, Jake and I seem to have a bit more lag than normal today, uh, a bit more delay in between uh, everything we say, and he has already, we've frozen on each other twice, so there might be some awkward editing to this episode, but hopefully that uh, doesn't happen. We should be okay. Yeah, hopefully not, although I suppose it does kind of give this podcast some character, like, oh, yep, we're almost literally talking to each other from other sides of the, of the world, so. What do you mean, um, almost literally? <laughs> Almost literally. Well, I suppose, you know, it's kind of... Uh, okay, I, I guess it's one way or another. It, that literally. Is our actual situation. <laughs> Other <laughs> sides of the world. <laughs> okay, you're right. We, we've got some cool adventureness, I suppose. Yeah. Adventurosity. So, Jake, <laughs> what did you do this week with video games? This week with video games, I not only picked back up Assassin's Creed black flag again because i love oh, really i love that game yeah um i got to really get back into the whole sailing groove because it's it's fun to really sail around in that game spoilers if you don't know it, you get to sail as a pirate but um <laughs> also <laughs> i uh did play some animal crossing for a significant amount of time because you know when i get when i get some time off it's, it's nice to just lose yourself in another world i suppose i suppose so um just real quick about Black Flag. I loved that game, and I oh yeah, I remember I was playing it a ton, even to the point where I was still playing it when I got the Xbox One, and I was still playing this on my 360. And I remember mm -hmm. I put in so much effort to get an Xbox One, and then my roommate walks in, and he's watching me play 360 for a while, and he's like, "Wait a second. You're not even playing your new Xbox One. Why are you playing this? And then as soon as he realized I wasn't playing the One, he just walked out. It's like, I don't want to watch this old 360 game. But I did feel silly because I put in so much effort to get that One on like Black Friday and eagerly awaited it in the mail and then uh, still just kept playing Assassin's Creed on the 360. Oh, yeah. Are you, are you saying that um, you got Black Flag on Black Friday? Or the uh, Xbox no, One? I, Xbox One. Okay, okay. Either way, hey, but um, ting You had two Black Friday-related things. You had Black Flag and Black... That's okay, true. Never mind. <laughs> and actually, it did, the one did come with a Black Flag download code, but I had already played it at that point. Noise. But your friend did take a few seconds to realize that, hey, this is not the Xbox One, just to, just to show you how good of graphics that game had. That's true. It was pretty. But yes, it was. Let's talk about some games that were a little less pretty. 
but actually we're still pretty pretty for yeah. uh, for a handheld yeah so as you heard with our terrible intro we are talking about <laughs> the nintendo ds cool beans. i don't know where to start with this so well, we, we probably should discuss our format before uh starting but uh h- how would you like to begin I think we should talk about our format right now as we start. Maybe that'll give us some uh, fresh <laughs> outlooks on things and some new thoughts that we can be very keen on thinking about ourselves. Uh, so, first of all, let's talk about our initial reactions to this system. Okay. So the DS, uh, yeah, like you just said, it wasn't very. It was not very pretty. It was not known for its beautiful, glossy graphics like some of its um, counterparts had, but. It was cool, nonetheless, and it was still, I'd say, more successful in some ways than, uh, like, say, the PSP, and it was yep. still very successful um, just in the market in general, I suppose. Yeah. So there's a lot of good stuff to talk about it. Um, so let's talk about why it was a good system. What were your first initial impressions about it, I suppose, when you heard about it, and maybe why was it good in your eyes? So I remember... There was quite a bit of hype building up around this just because it was such a strange mystery. Uh, Mm -hmm. At the time, the Game Boy Advance was still going very, very well. But Nintendo then put out just kind of this announcement that the DS existed and that it used two screens. That's pretty much all we knew. And I remember looking through magazines and there was this magazine that had like, this is what the DS might look like. And it was just... A Game Boy Advance, but with like a second screen like sticking out of the top of it, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, that's weird. And <laughs> um, it's just, it's funny that you mention the PSP because these kind of did come out together, and mm-hmm. they were the competition. It was the first time PlayStation or Sony had you know thrown their hat in the mobile arena, and mm-hmm. I personally. I was very nervous about that because mm-hmm. I'm a Nintendo fanboy at heart. And you are too, right? Yes. And seeing this PSP is like, ooh, that thing looks pretty. Those mm-hmm. are some good looking graphics. It has, what is that? It's like an analog nub for your thumb, like mm-hmm. to control. <laughs> no more clunky D-pad for 3D games. And I, I did not want the PSP to succeed because it's like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to get that. That's not for me. I need, I need Nintendo to succeed. And yeah. when they came out, the PSP looked beautiful, like I said. And the first iteration of the DS was kind of just this chunky hunk of gray plastic <laughs> that just, it wasn't, uh, it didn't have like that pristine, I don't know, just like look at this amazing piece of technology (laughs) yep (laughs) it looked like a toy to be honest it really did like something you just buy you know in a blister pack and cut it open and be like hey make some funny noises that's that's what i thought at least so (laughs) yeah a lot of what you said i definitely echo um was i just frozen oh yeah you were but i just thought i'd keep talking to make it seem like (laughs) oh there was nothing going on like hmm yes this show must go on anyway all right, so uh, let's yeah, let's do that. If any freeze happens in mid sentence, finish your sentence, and I'll try to fix things in editing and make okay. it seem coherent. Awesome, awesome. Work your magic. Um, okay, so so I'll pretend uh, I just heard what you said. Okay, yeah. So pretty cool <laughs> stuff, huh? 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so when this thing came out and I saw it in magazines as well, I thought the exact same thing. Uh, I'm a fanboy of Nintendo. I have to support this thing, even though it's not really as cool as the PSP, though I did not want to admit it at the time. Um, so I was like, hey, uh, Nintendo, please do good. Please make this awesome. <laughs> I don't really understand what it is, but please make it awesome. So um, it, I kind of got mad, like, oh, no, what's going to happen to Nintendo? Because if you think about it, until this point, at least for a very long period of time, Nintendo had dominated the handheld market. Um, Absolutely. And now, all of a sudden, there's competition again, and we haven't seen this since, like, the Lynx or the Game Gear or something. So, um, yeah, anyway, that was my <laughs> experience with hearing about the DS, and I suppose the rest is history, but we're going to talk about that here. Sounds like a very similar first impression of this. Yes. Uh, but Sounds also, like alongside it. of that, alongside that announcement, they put out this footage of Mario, Luigi, Yoshi, and Wario just all in like wing caps just flying around the outside of Peach's castle. It was just kind of mm -hmm. like a demo of the graphics. And I saw that and it's just like, oh my gosh. They are they are putting Mario 64 on a handheld. Like <laughs> it is that powerful. And I just I <laughs> I have to have this. This is that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. And I was a little disappointed throughout the life of the DS where yeah, it had some games that were great in 3D, but then it had a lot of gimmicky games I felt like that mm -hmm. overly relied on the touchscreen, but yeah. I so all of them did. A lot of games were too touchscreen heavy, including Mario 64 mm -hmm. where they were not easy to play. I remember playing no. Mario 64. You put like this little nub on your thumb and mm -hmm. you kind of treated the screen like it was an analog and uh, yep. it did not work. No, N not past like five minutes of checking it out to be like, hey, this is interesting. You couldn't play with it long term. It was not, it, it was not able to be done. Like I felt the same way. It just, it got monotonous, it got cumbersome. It was easier to use uh -huh. the D-pad, even though it wasn't as precise. <laughs> yeah. And it's just so weird that they, you know, they based their whole launch off of, like, this game. Promoting this mm -hmm. game, a full 3D handheld game, but then they did not prioritize control in any way. Yeah. Yeah, it's I true. Think, <laughs> looking back at it, I most, <laughs> I probably have more time spent playing all the little touchscreen mini games that they built in to that game mm -hmm. than actually yeah. playing the 3D part. Mm, yeah. Although the 3D part was fun. It wasn't as easy <laughs> with the uh, with the D-pad. Wow, I, I couldn't even think of that word for a second. With the D-pad. And there were parts that yeah. were downright impossible without the D-pad, like going on something very, very thin, like walking on a very thin line. Sure. You had to use the stylus or the, uh, the thumb thing. <laughs> but... Mm -hmm. Anyway, I was just happy that it was 3D. Like, hey, look, Super Mario 64. I'm sure the other games will look better. And I also thought that too. Like, okay, the graphics aren't that great, but maybe they'll make them look better someday. I mean, they're better than the actual 64, but it's anyway, I, I feel like we're kind of just ping-ponging around from different topics right now. So let me, let me refocus <laughs> us real quick. Okay. Um, so first off, the DS, which stands for... 
dual screen, if you didn't know, made of two screens. Came out in, I apologize, these are all the American dates I have, but uh, most of our listeners are American anyway, so. Came out in America November 21st, 2004, at only $149, and then they ended up re-releasing a a few different redesigns throughout its life. So we had the DS Lite in June 11th of 06 for only $129, Hmm. and then near the end of its life, they came out with the DSi September 1st, 2008 for 169 and then later the DSi XL, March 28th, 2010, at 189. And I didn't realize they were still making it in 2010. No kidding. Which was really cool. Yeah. Isn't that when the 3DS came out? Mm, uh, it was a Around? little after that. Around that. Okay. All right. So do you know why it was called the DSi? Um, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to guess right. It's dual screen I, as in I think this is cooler than the first. You're actually uh, not right, but... Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't know this. I just learned this today. <laughs> but it was actually a play on the Wii because the I literally means I. You know, the Wii means like us. It's a big party system play games the eyes like this is my ds it's personal to me and i didn't realize that i didn't realize they were like kind of building it as a family together so i thought that was Hmm. cool yeah that is cool so uh yeah the ds i did not have the dsi i only had the base model the gray one what about you same yeah really i had the base one big chunky ugly thing (laughs) <laughs> Which stinks because the redesigns are so much nicer. They yeah. they look like what this should have looked like from the beginning. And yeah. I just I just wonder if it's because especially at the beginning, I think it was Satoru Iwata, their the then Nintendo president, he said it needs to withstand a five foot drop ten times on concrete. Because he's like, that's like the height of the average person's breast pocket. If it was if it was to fall, it'd probably be from around that height. And hmm. the okay. the engineers were actually pretty upset about that because that was a pretty hard challenge to pull hmm. off that sort of durability, which may have given it that kind of ugly design. And then maybe over time, they're able to kind of pare things down into a more sleek look. So maybe you, are, are you saying that its uh, its look is kind of a product of its uh, you know, need to be kind of industrial, kind of strong, yeah. if you will. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. And it was strong. It definitely could with help, or it could withstand those drops. And it has survived a trip to the top of Mount Everest. Oh wow! Yeah, two two climbers. They each took a DS with them, and all of their other electronics failed. They had like a laptop and uh, some USB drives and whatnot, and they couldn't withstand like that altitude whoa the, holy the cow DS did it that's pretty cool actually yeah <laughs> <laughs> wow all right well fun facts right there i can't say that mine's ever been at the altitude uh or in a situation where it's been <laughs> compromised but hey i'm sure that <laughs> if it ever were that would be great Yep. heck i don't even know if it still works i hope it does wait a second my ds you just said before we started that you went to Tokyo to go get your DS. 
Yeah, my 3DS. My oh. original DS is back in the States. But you can still play well, <laughs> regular DS games on your 3DS. So it was fun to check those out again. When you said that, I was kind of confused. I was like, why did he take his DS to Japan? <laughs> he had no need for that. Okay, so yeah. that makes more sense. Should, should have brought my Game Boy Pocket, too. It's like, I mean, oh, yeah. I'm sure they're on every street corner there for you. Yeah, there's quite a few. <laughs> it's to the point where it's not really exotic anymore. Like, okay, we got 300 video game systems just sitting right here from 20 years ago. Uh, it's less than its novelty for you. Yeah, it's still pretty cool, though. Seeing all the cool okay. colors and designs and stuff from non-American editions. Now, let's kind of talk about, I guess, the DS in reference to the PSP. Uh, let's touch on that a little bit. What do you say? Okay. What do you want to start with? Well, uh, we talked about the PSP and how we were worried that this would take over the DS. But then again, I suppose you could argue that the DS was maybe more successful financially than the PSP. Wasn't that yeah. the case? Yeah, let me throw okay. some facts at you. All right. The PSP came out March 24th, 2005, so just a few months later. And it was a bit more of a commitment. It launched at 250, while the DS was 150. So that's pretty mm. drastic. Um, but yeah. overall, the the DS worldwide sales are like 154 million, while the PSPs Whoa. were 80 million. So the PSP is Whoa. by no means a by no means a failure. It mm -hmm. still did great, but they just could not take that mobile market out of uh -huh. Nintendo's grasp, just because Nintendo. Had, had owned that market since you know 1990 wow so there's probably a lot of factors that played into that one of which like you just said right there nintendo already had the know-how for the handhelds right they knew what they were doing they've been doing this for a long time successfully too do you think that's yeah. the the main reason or one of the main reasons why it was so successful i think it's definitely the biggest factor i think there were some other things against the psp Mostly it's weird discs. What were those called? Uh -huh. Like UMDs? Something like that. Yeah, they were in the little plastic ca containers, though. You'd, you'd slide them in the back, right? Yeah. And <laughs> so at the same time with those UMDs, they were trying to promote uh, putting movies out on UMD. So if we oh. could have, you know, their own mobile movie watching device. And I remember like Spider-Man launched on that so you could watch Spider-Man. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I wonder, 2005, when the first iPhone come out? I just, I, I bet like just later. mobile phones started to lay into their territory as well. Yeah, yeah, they did. Because do you remember the N-Gage? That was a mobile phone that was marketed. <laughs> Engage. But it was like a total failure, I think. Absolutely. But that was around that time. Yeah, so the iPhone came out in 2007. And okay. So, you know that's when people started getting all their media in their pockets and so maybe mm -hmm. that stepped on psp's toes but maybe i don't know i went into my research today thinking that psp was a flop but at, at 80 million sales that's not the case i'd say they did fine and in the psp line has lived for a long time like it still mm -hmm. kind of exists i think they're they're finally done with it now but yeah yeah it wasn't a failure. No, no, it was it was a pretty cool system at the time. I couldn't bring myself to admit it, but it was, I thought. Right. 
This was something that I talked about a lot with my friends back in the day, back when all this stuff came out. We used to have arguments about which one was better, the DS or the PSP. And this was the only time I ever got like heated in my arguments. <laughs> and I remember like a lot of good points coming up. Of course, a lot of, um, you know, bad things were said to the other, but of course there were some good uh, points that came up. And one of the things that I found interesting and later found out this was actually something that uh, some of the developers in the video game world were talking about was um, the DS and the PSP, it seems like, yeah, they were competitors in, in a sense, right? But they were yeah. almost going for different audiences, for different uh, yeah. markets, it seems like. There were some pretty significant differences between the two systems that would, I guess, lead someone to believe that they were not you know, meant to be synonymous with each other as direct competitors. Yeah. Like you've got this DS, which is, you know, it, it goes more in line with Nintendo's just solid gaming, uh, ideology where it's, it, it plays video games and that's what it's meant to do. That's your right. thing. It's definitely, definitely more casual. Like, yeah. For, for anybody, you know, uh huh. while the PSP was, was trying to basically capture console gaming in your handheld. Mm. So yeah, exactly. It, it, it was for the hardcore gamers, especially mm -hmm. at 250 at a launch price. Yeah, <laughs> yeah which is, yeah, that, that's a lot more than the DS was. That's enough PSP on this DS episode. Let's, let's get back <laughs> to the DS. Bye-bye, um, PSP. Thanks for watching. Some interesting things I found is that this actually went through quite a few code names before... It was. It landed on the DS. It was first called. It was codenamed Iris, and then Nitro, and then they trademarked City Boy, which there's no like actual confirmation about like why or, or what that meant, or, or maybe there was, but basically the City Boy was. It's like this is the grown-up Game Boy, right? <laughs> Where, and, and I guess City was more on the play of like all the wireless connectivity and and taking it with you on the go and all this stuff. But I think it, most importantly is they didn't want to name it Game Boy because this was such a innovative gamble that if it failed, they didn't want to hurt the Game Boy name. Mm. So it, this was actually intended not to replace the Game Boy, but to be a third pillar alongside the mm. Game Boy Advance and the GameCube. And then mm. as... It just, you know, took off wildly. They were able to just phase out Game Boy because the DS sold incredibly well. And if my research is right, as of 2018, the DS is the number one selling console in America. It's the number two selling in the whole world just behind the PS2. Wow. Console in general, huh? Yeah. Holy cow. Oh my gosh. I didn't realize it was that big. 154 million just behind the PS2, which had 155 million. Wow. Okay. The DS, a monolith of video games, and that's competing with all the other consoles. All right. Yeah. So, so there you go, folks. <laughs> hugely, hugely successful. Despite that success, the DS had a massive issue with pirating. Where? Oh, really? Yeah. This company... I put out this thing called an R4, which was essentially, uh -huh. it was a DS cartridge that you could stick a SD card into. 
-hmm. So you could load up ROMs onto that SD card, pop it in your DS, and Ooh. it got pretty bad. So here's here's a stat for you. It was mostly pretty bad in, in Europe and Japan. I don't know how big of the issue was here in the U.S., but Pokemon Platinum sold 2.7 million copies. Mm. However, 2.1 million were pirated. Whoa. 2.1 million people downloaded this game illegally, almost equal to the amount sold. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Jeez. I had no I had idea. no clue. Yeah, me neither. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so it just kind of makes you think, how many of our games are pirated? <laughs> And we didn't even know it. Like, were they selling no, I mean, homebrew copies that... <laughs> no, no, no. We have the real versions, but okay. like, it was, it's very clear that people were downloading them and loading it onto this R4 cart that they are plugging uh, into it. Gotcha. Okay. When, when did you get your DS? Yeah, I think <laughs> you, started, you started the episode off with a question like this, and I kind of just bounced around your question. So, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I got it. The Christmas it launched, so December of 2004. Okay. And I was just so excited for this thing. It was uh -huh. the nicest piece of tech I'd ever held in my hands. Mm -hmm. And definitely, it was like the first touch screen I ever used. And just being able to pull out that stylus and navigate, and it's like, oh, it has like this home menu, and I can open PictoChat, and I can mess with the settings, <laughs> and then I can go into the game. Is, even though it was this ugly piece of crap, I didn't think it was at the time, and uh -huh. <laughs> I was just I was blown away to get it. I was so excited for that. Nice. Okay, it felt almost like a little computer, right? Like, oh, I've got my yeah. own little touch screen, <laughs> and it even had like an alarm feature. Like, oh, I'm I'm fancy. I've got my own alarm clock right here. So Ooh. the the battery always died before I woke up, but oh well. I don't know if there's another way to use it. <laughs> Just keep it on the charger all night. There you go. Something I didn't think about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> should have thought like of that. The first, wow. first thought you should have had. That should have been. Wow. Okay. Wow. Mm -hmm. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so when I got it, it was, I think, the same time. It was uh, the Christmas that it got out. And I remember this was kind of a big worry for me. And I guess my family, too, because these were hard to get. Like, all the pre-orders were being sold out. It's similar oh, issue really? with the Wii. Yeah, like, all, yeah, all the stores around us, they had this limited number of uh, DSs that you could get before Christmas, and we were so worried that we wouldn't, been we wouldn't have been able to because they were all sold out everywhere you went. But lo and behold, we got one. And I felt the nice. same way getting this out. And I remember it was, like, 3D. I'm like... How is this 3D? I'm, I'm I'm playing Super Mario 64 on my DS right in front of me. This this is amazing. <laughs> this is incredible. And I went on and on about it. And this was this would be something that I would uh, like bring to school to show my friends. And they were they were all excited about it because uh, I was one of the first people to get a DS. I, I just felt like all this power. Like oh look, I've got this 3D console in my hands. Take that PSP. <laughs> Looking back, those are some fun memories. Yeah. So I actually remember part of one thing that really excited me about this is the the local wireless and like Wi-Fi capabilities that it had. Mm -hmm. And I, I specifically remember this was coming out like just before I think in the spring was like our eighth grade 
trip to DC. Mm-hmm. And I was just so excited that all of us would be able to play our DS together on this, on the bus to DC. And so we were, you know, hopping in picto chat, drawing pictures and it came with the demo for Metroid prime hunters. And so you could all, Oh yeah. Jump in a room and, and play that. And that was another game that used too much touch controls and it was hard to control with the stylus. <laughs> and I was very bad yeah. at it. <laughs> But you actually got the game when it came out, didn't didn't you? I did, and I was not good at it. I didn't. Oh. I believe the premise is you kind of just go through the game tracking other bounty hunters, fighting them, and then there's an online feature, and I thought it was cool. It's like, oh, I got an online shooter. But uh-huh. I was real bad, <laughs> and so oh. I, I didn't play that game long. I just couldn't control it very well. Gotcha. The demo itself was was like a game in and of itself. You know, it was more than a demo. It seemed like it was really cool. (laughs) There's plenty to do. Yeah, that was neat. Let's talk about the fact that this had Wi-Fi. This was my first online device. Uh huh. How about you? My first, uh, I don't remember ever using Wi-Fi because at the time, I don't think I knew how, to be honest. Well, exactly. So this actually came out in a time where Wi-Fi was not prevalent at all. Mm -mm. Like, I didn't even know we had Wi-Fi because we had this this big fancy router and my dad Mm -hmm. had this like work laptop and it had this card this big thick card that he had to stick in the side of his laptop which gave it wi-fi that was like the the wi-fi the internet card for the computer and i didn't Mm. know i didn't know that i didn't know that our router was putting out wi-fi and that was receiving it i thought the Uh fact that he had that card is just how he had wi-fi so um i was looking all over the internet because nintendo was putting out these you know like usb Wi-Fi extender things where you could plug it into your computer mm-hmm. and through researching what we had realized that I had Wi-Fi and <laughs> got connected and was playing Mario Kart online and just blown away Wow! to be playing this little handheld device against other people around the world. Holy cow. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. So you could do that on the DS. You're talking about the, like the, the original DS. I didn't think they had the Wi-Fi. The original DS. It did. Fun fact right there. Like Mario Kart had like this little blue logo in the corner that said Nintendo Wi-Fi on it. Oh, okay. Gotcha. See, I always took stuff like that as, oh, that's just something that's too advanced for me. I'll never figure it out. <laughs> I mean, definitely at that age, I'm sure. Yeah. So much self-esteem right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it was just so new that we, we didn't understand it. Mm. Back in the early days of when Wi-Fi was starting to get popular... I mean, heck, the internet was just becoming a big cultural phenomenon. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess that's another discussion for later. It is. What were some of your uh, best game memories or times that you were playing fun games um, or favorite games in general? Well, how about this? We, we still got plenty of time. How about we go into our top five, but then like mm-hmm. we, we can break down each game as we go through it. Okay. Sounds good.
Welcome everyone to the top five, a game that Jake and I made where we do terribly every time. We both have yes. a top five list. For everything that we have in common on that list, we get one point. But for everything that is in the exact same position on that list, we get three points. And we always do terribly. <laughs> and we always are hopeful each time that we'll somehow do wonderfully, but that never happens. <laughs> All right, so I'll go ahead and kick it off. My number five game on here is New Super Mario Bros. Okay. Is it on your list? It is not. I am sorry. All right, that's okay. But let's. I, I never can, played it. Talk about it. <laughs> so this game was very enticing to me when it came out because this was the first as it says in the title new super mario bros which is <laughs> i'm fine with the fact that they named this one that but then they've named all subsequent new super mario bros Wii, new super mario bros wii u new super mario bros 2 it's like come on you couldn't you couldn't think of something better new were new super mario Bros. Yeah, exactly but so this game was a new side-scrolling Mario game, which hasn't hadn't existed since um, I guess the Game Boy Advance ports. But they had completely updated the graphics. There, you know, it's a 2D game with 3D models, and I don't know. I just I really enjoyed this game. It worked very well as a mobile game. But as I'm thinking about it, I don't know if I ever beat it. I think hmm. I really struggled on the last Bowser level, but okay. I played the heck out of it. But uh, if, okay. if you have no memories of this, I don't really know what else to say about it. Yeah, I'm sorry. I've never played this one. It's pretty much the only new Super Mario Bros. I've played. Gotcha. But anyway, it is good. And I will say, before we go on, I kind of regret this, but kind of not. At some point... I sold my DS and all of its games on eBay hmm. and I had quite a bit, but I, I've never missed it until right now <laughs> just because of nostalgia. And I'm thinking like, Oh man, should I have held on to all that? But honestly, I, yeah, other than outside of this episode and reminiscing, I've never cared that I got rid of it. And that's like the only system I've ever done that with. Wow. That is very interesting. <laughs> so all that is to say is I my memories are quite foggy. I see. This is bringing light to them for the first time in a long time. So what's your number five? My number five is Castlevania Portrait of Ruin. Because I've always okay. loved Castlevania games. And this one was a good one. Yeah, and this I, one was a good one. I've never played one. a Castlevania well, it follows this the very similar system of what we talked about a long time ago, and this time you've got cool 3D graphics uh, uh, in the background of like the um, you know the 2D side-scrolling world. So right. it it was just a really pretty Castlevania, and I don't know if it's you know any good story-wise by today's standards, <laughs> but hey, it was a fun game at the time, and it's beautiful in a creepy way. Yeah. So. There's my number five. All right. My number four is WarioWare Touched. Is it now? Is that off your list? It's my number four, too. 
Oh, no way. Oh, we haven't done that in so long. Whoa, this is crazy. <laughs> yeah, we're, already, we're touched. All right. All right. We've got some stuff to talk about with that game. Well, I don't remember a lot, but what do you remember about this game? Well, it was a fun party game, and it was filled with hundreds of little fun party games and toys and stuff that you could just mess <laughs> around with. Like, each character yeah. had their own theme of levels that you go through and do, like, 10-second mini-games uh, with the stylus or whatever. And they all had different themes, like dragon stuff, yep. uh, touching stuff, popping stuff, uh, moving stuff around. And it was just addictive. Super fun and addictive with how, like, the levels progressed. Each of these levels got faster and all the rounds got faster and you have to do stuff faster on the screen. Yeah. That's the gist of it. <laughs> yeah, so WarioWare is a very interesting category of games if you've never played it any of its iterations it's basically it has nothing really to do with wario he's just the mascot of it and i guess a lot of the games are grossish like wario is <laughs> but yeah like jake said it's just it throws a whole bunch of mini games at you real quick in rapid succession where you even I think some games you only have like three seconds to complete where it's like, pop all the zits on this face, stick this yeah. finger up this nose. Yep. <laughs> and and they just get faster and faster until you fail. Yeah, so that's the that's the endearing part about it. And that's what makes it addictive. Yeah, and it, it worked so well for the DS. Like mm -hmm. with the touchscreen, it was it was definitely a perfect DS game. Yeah. It helps it helps show off its capabilities and how fun it could be without being too quirky or too gimmicky. Because that's the charm of the game. And there's a whole right. bunch of toys, too, that you can play with. Like, you know, touch the jello to make it jiggle. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> color this. Uh, you know, just, just really stupid little things that were kind of nice um, stress relievers, if you will. You're right. <laughs> Untimed yeah. stuff. So, wow, I have to get that one out and play it again. I might do that after yeah. this. That game was so fun. <laughs> Uh, let's go to your number three. My number three. Dun, 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 dun. Nintendogs. Ooh, nice. I never played Nintendogs, but I, oh, I yeah. get the appeal. It's a fun game. It's adorable and fun, and it's a dog simulator. You have your own dog or dogs that you adopt, and it, what I love about this game is the AI. They went all out. To make these dogs realistic look realistic sound yeah. realistic like the graphics on this game are much better than you'd ever think capable of the ds uh yeah so so you've got these um you adopt your dogs and they stay puppies um for the duration of the game Aww. which is adorable but some people will complain <laughs> like oh, why can't my dog grow up and you'd uh, you'd feed them walk them uh bathe them and you'd get like little um fun uh, collectibles and toys and backgrounds and stuff for all you did for your dog. Uh, it, it was yeah. it was really fun, and you could just play with your dog with the touch screen, and then your dog would follow with this awesome AI. So, I mean, a lot of people love dogs. This puts that in the palm yeah. of your hand. <laughs> so I remember I almost got this game. Um, we were at Kohl's for some reason. Kohl's sometimes has a tiny electronics area, mm -hmm. and they had this little bargain game area and I was there with my aunt and she said like I could buy something for like 15 or 20 bucks. I don't remember. And 
I had Nintendogs in one hand and Wind Waker in the other hand. <laughs> and I'm looking back and forth like Nintendogs looks cute. I've never played a Zelda game. I don't know about this one, but I know that looks good too. And ultimately, I went with Wind Waker, which was the clearly better decision. Yeah, that's probably a decision you don't regret, right? I do not. <laughs> but Nintendogs is still cool. <laughs> <laughs> it is. But I think my Wind Waker has the crappy Player's Choice logo across the top. Why didn't oh. Nintendo do that? Stick an ugly yellow bar across the top of their box, and then they make the logo, like the side panel where it says Nintendo GameCube is yellow as well, so it stands out when you've got all your games on your shelf. So come on. Mm, Nintendo. I mean, it doesn't hurt now because I buy so much digitally and i know you do too but <laughs> like why couldn't they just leave all the boxes the same but then just put like uh you know like a fake a sticker on the front of the box that just says like player's choice but no they gotta like completely change the outline of it nintendo is always silly in one way or another whether it be <laughs> I mean, good silly or bad silly <laughs> to be fair that's an issue across all companies <laughs> Sony, Microsoft, they all do it. They ruin their players' choice boxes. By making by them look it a ugly. different box. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I gotcha. Alas, the game's still good. Anyway. All right. Nintendogs. My number three is Super Mario 64 DS. Oh, yay. It's on your list, right? It is on my list. Okay, we're <gasps> at four. So right now, we're four? like... Four? We're tying our... Our best score ever right now, I'm pretty sure. Wow. This is like some of the best we've ever done. I am surprised and shocked. Love <laughs> it. Well, I'm also a little confused just looking ahead because if if this was not your number three, I don't know why your first two are not the same as my first two because my first two are pretty great. But uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, so uh, <laughs> we talked about it a little bit already. Super Mario 64 DS is just this it's not just a remake of super mario 64 it's actually a lot more you start the game as yoshi and there's a few different tasks you do outside like before you even go into the castle and then there is a room oh is it the slide room in mario 64 you go into the slide room where peach's portrait is right Mm -hmm. but instead of just like three stained glass windows you see four doors and they all have like a letter above them of different characters and you unlock those characters throughout the game so you can play as Yoshi Mario, Luigi and Wario and there's even some exclusive levels in this game that they added in so Hmm. there's 150 total stars in this game not 120 wow and I thought that that's really cool like that's a good way to do a remake Give us mm-hmm. what we loved, but then add more. Like, give us this cool reason to go back to it. And yeah. it's just it's just so funny that they were eager to do a remake back then in 2004, but they can't give us one now <laughs> for some <laughs> <a> reason. <laughs> no. Yeah, that kind of blows. But the game itself was cool. Yeah, it was cool. Other than the garbage controls, it was great. And I remember being disappointed playing your... 3ds and i was like oh hey let's let's pop in mario 64 ds 
so we can control it with the analog and mm. uh, it doesn't work i mean it no. does work but it's just <laughs> as clunky as the d-pad yeah it, i guess it because it wasn't programmed to run on that uh-uh no it doesn't have like the you know the full freedom of an analog stick it's it's very locked in what do you get next my number two is mario kart ds all right that is on my list oh so we have five points we've just beaten our record yay wow wow (laughs) what an episode this is exciting it took us almost a year to beat our record (laughs) (laughs) holy cow this is monumental folks (laughs) it is let's uh talk about mario kart Mm. yes mario kart ds was of course mario kart but it was on the ds uh i don't remember anything about this that made it like cool or special other than the fact that it was on the ds and it was handheld and fun um you could also customize your logo but it follows the same format as other mario kart games except this time you've got a couple of additional characters like uh dry bones and rob yeah you can you can even change their uh vehicles to different character exclusive mm-hmm. ones and if you get far enough to basically all of them for all the characters so that's fun but i played so much of this game like i remember not being able to put it down for the longest time and still never knew that you could play other players around the world because of the <laughs> wi-fi <laughs> what about you uh, what, what are your what are your memories with this game other than the wi-fi capabilities Dude, this game was incredible. And as you can tell by us only getting one point, it's because this is my number one. Mm. And this was my favorite game on the DS. And I will say, this is my biggest regret, is losing this game by selling all that stuff. But you're right. It had a bunch of customization, a bunch of cool new levels. But it also added retro Grand Prix. So... Mm. It basically, it doubled our level count. It gave us 16 new levels, which had some really good levels in it. And then threw 16 retro levels at at us. And it just so happens that this is the fifth Mario Kart. So it worked out perfectly where a level from each cup came from the previous four games. So the first level was from Super Mario Kart. The second level from the N64. And then third from the Game Boy. And fourth from the GameCube. So we had some nice. double dash levels mixed in there. But okay. it just looked good. It was a very pretty game. And the coolest thing it added, though, is it had these missions, these like single player missions you could do that they've never did again. And I don't know why, because I loved it. Like some of them were just these weird challenges where it's like do 10 drift boosts and win before like your opponent and then it had some boss fights in it too where you had to i think you have to race like a giant goomba around baby park (laughs) oh my gosh i don't remember that that's cool you don't remember any of those i don't remember the missions i'll have to dig this game out maybe i just did single player standard races the whole time yeah I'm, i'm looking at the challenges right now and some of them are pretty simple it's like collect all 20 coins on the map Mm hmm but then each one let's see how many levels are there okay there were seven levels and each one ended with a boss fight so let's look at uh the boss fight so level one you had to use mushrooms to crash into big bully 
and knock mm. him off the stage. Uh, nice. Level two hit Irox eyeball three times with shells. Remember Irox from mm-hmm. Super Mario 64. Yep. Level three reached to the finish before Goombas, the giant Goomba. Nice. Level four collect fifty coins while avoiding King Boo. Level five hit big babam with three babams. Level six use mushroom boost to heat to hit Chief Chili and knock him off the stage three times. So that's the same as the first level, but with Chief Chili. And then the last <laughs> one was a race on Mushroom Bridge, uh, racing Wiggler. Okay. Cool. <laughs> yeah. It was great. Fun stuff it right there. Just, it was so good. And it was like the first Nintendo game to get Wi-Fi. Mm. It was good. It was very good. And that's why it's my number two. <laughs> and you're number one. All right. So hit me with your number one. My number one is... Uh, oh, wait, wait, wait. I forgot to do... I, stop it. I forgot to do my number two. Were okay. you about to say your number one is Mario 64 DS? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm kind of surprised then that your my number two wasn't on your list, and that is Animal Crossing Wild World. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Did you have that one? Uh, my brother did. So I played on his DS sometimes with my own little house, or my own little room, okay. I should say. But I never owned it, so I don't have as many memories, but it was it was fun for the time that i spent yeah i remember playing this one on the bus to school a lot Mm. and just being cool because on the bus to school that's like uh you know seven in the morning Mm -hmm. and i've never really played an animal crossing that early ever since then so it's just (laughs) cool like playing it right as the sun rises and um yeah it's just neat and Especially because I got this around Christmas time, so we you started the game and it was already snowy. That was the only Animal Crossing I've ever started the game in winter, and that just had a, like a nice Christmassy feel to it. And I was getting to see all this Christmassy snowy content, but also this game really did add quite a bit compared to the GameCube version. Mm. Um, with just customization, you could add not just the attic or I guess the second floor in the basement, but you could add two side rooms, the back room. They could all get pretty big. They mm-hmm. added sharks and so much, so much more critters to catch. They put the coffee shop and the observatory in the museum. Mm. It was, it was just all very neat. And they like changed the camera. So it has, I guess more of a, a world feel where like it, the world kind of rolls as you walk. Oh, yeah. You've got so like it, almost a horizon to, to see. A new horizon? Ha, 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 ha. ting. <laughs> no. That was good. Wrong game. <laughs> <laughs> That's a future, a future pun. <laughs> yeah. But the horizon, it did kind of roll and it, it gave it like a world feel, quote unquote. And it was interesting because before that, the whole map was divided up into acres in the GameCube version. So you, hit, you moved mm-hmm. from acre to acre, but this, the whole world just kind of moved with you. You didn't have to worry about switching from acre to acre. Yeah. And honestly, again, I, I can't remember <laughs> that much about it, but I played it a lot. And mm-hmm. again, with this was awesome with the local wireless where you could have a friend come over 
and both be playing in your town at the same time. Uh huh. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Cool beans. It's cool beans. I remember having fun with it as well. Yeah. So awesome. We rocked our score with five points. Our new record to beat and our next top five. I did just want to throw in some of the other good games that I didn't play, but Mm -hmm. I know that some people listening might be like, where's this game? Where's this game? I know these games are good, but I didn't play them. So we got things like Phoenix Wright, Professor Layton, a whole bunch of Pokemans, Metro Prime, which we didn't have on our list, and the Zelda game. There's like two Zeldas that are kind of, I think they're Wind Waker sequels. Like they take place Mm -hmm. in the same art style and same Hyrule. Yeah, uh, never played those because I just thought they uh, they didn't look good. But uh, then there's a bunch of random tapper games like Elite Beat Agents and Brain Age. Some good puzzle games. Those were some good puzzle games. I do want to throw one more sleeper hit that I enjoyed that des- that deserved yeah. way more credit than it got, and that was Snowboard Kids. Oh yeah, I played that with you. That was uh, that was a series that was pretty big on PlayStation and N64, and they tried to revive it on DS with a really mm-hmm. good game that just never went anywhere, and that made me sad. But ever since then, Snowboard Kids has become a completely defunct series. But if you ever get a chance, check out one of the old Snowboard Kids games. Okay. Because that was a fun DS game. Oh, and we forgot to say American Skateland, Tony Hawk, with all my amazing... <laughs> screaming effects that uh, <laughs> i added uh, to your I, game for you I, I still have that and i actually have it with me and um i should totally <laughs> record that sound for you so you can play it on this podcast yes do that <laughs> yeah so cameron do you want to tell the story real quick about what happened if people don't remember oh <laughs> uh, yeah sure i've told it before but that that game allowed you to record your own audio for like when you landed a special and for when you wiped out and I'm not going to do an impression since you can send me the audio, but uh, here's, I I recorded this stuff for Jake years ago and he left it in his game. So here's the sound it makes when you land a special and here's the great sound it makes when you wipe out. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. There's a still have it after how many years, many, many Uh, over a decade. 15 years yeah something like that but anyway one question to to wrap this up for you the ds line so including the 3ds because again it's it's just an extension of the ds but Mm -hmm. with some added features just now technically stopped production september 16th of 2020 wow yeah so i just want to know from 2004 to 2020 16 years what made the DS so dang successful? Hmm. Besides the wonderful legacy that it helped develop, I'm sure when people got really excited about the DS initially, so when there were subsequent ones, people got excited about those as well, similarly to the Game Boy and how the Game Boy lasted for so long, I'd say. Yeah. I guess I, I asked this question without even thinking if I had an answer for it. So I don't know. And it just, it was just perfect for the time, like, and the price mm-hmm. and the innovation. And that's one thing I meant to bring up earlier is I think the DS is really kind of the, the, 
the catalyst for Nintendo starting to get away from graphics and mm-hmm. getting more towards just being innovative. Yeah. And, you know, the DS, which led to the Wii, which led to the crappy Wii U that no one played, but still <laughs> had a very innovative controller, which mm-hmm. then led to the Switch. And so they've been getting... Re- They've been getting away from, you know, the power, like the other consoles, and instead just treating people to these really unique experiences that arguably are more fun than just, like, a straight-up powerhouse, beautiful graphic game, you know? Mm-hmm. I would echo that. Maybe that's just one Thank answer you. of many, perhaps. <laughs> There's many other answers yeah. that could be as well, but... I am going to be getting it out soon to play it again and check out its fun features because it's awesome. That's how yeah. that's how awesome it is. I'm getting it out again. Cool. Well, that's a perfect place to just wrap it up. So I got nothing else to say. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. I hope everything is going great in your lives. My name's Cameron. And I'm Jake. Have an awesome nerdy week, everyone. Minasan, sayonara. Bye. See ya.